There's a lot of change going on in the world of veterinary technicians. This week, we want to talk about some of the movements that are happening in states around the country that could impact your practice sooner than later. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And our favorite old tough topic is veterinary technician title protection, credentialing, and responsibilities. This week, we are going to take a little bit of a discussion dive into what's happening in many states around the country and how this could impact our profession, both veterinarian and veterinary technician sooner than later. But before we get into that sooner than later, let's go quickly into introductions. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you know, it seems like after a little bit of a lull in the whole world of what's happening in state boards and veterinary medical boards and state legislatures around veterinary technicians and veterinary laws, there's been a flurry of activity. So maybe just briefly bring us up to speed on some of the issues that you are hearing now as president-elect of NAFTA. Oh, so much. Well, honestly, yeah, it has been a really exciting time for our government relations committee with NAFTA, led up by Sam Gelling. And I really probably should, we should have her on here telling these stories because she is the one doing a lot of the work behind the scenes with NAFTA, um, along with Mandy Zachenko, I believe is how you say her last name. So Mandy Zachenko and Sam Gelling are um, co-chairs of the Government Relations Committee. Ashley Selke is a liaison, and she is the immediate past president of NAFTA. Those guys have been incredibly busy supporting the states. Um, I want to say, I can't have Sam on. She's out in Hawaii. So I don't know, it's 10, it's like 4 a.m. her time or whatever here. So she's hard to pin down. But anyway, the the thing is, is that it's interesting. We've got a lot of pendulum swinging, I guess is the best way to say it, with some states seeming to cinch down on laws, um, enhance the usage and utilization of technicians such as California who uh, recently their veterinary medical board approved the CVMA's proposal to allow RVTs in California to establish the VCPR for the purpose of vaccines and parasite control. And then you've got Arkansas and um, they've got some legislation that is up and some of that is down. Um, We're seeing some legislation out of Pennsylvania. So it's a little bit all over the place and it's a little bit all over the place. Yeah. And I'd like to start with Arkansas because I think that many veterinary professionals like me have been seeing a lot of news, at least from the AVMA and from other organizations that we interface with around what's happening. And I think that, you know, Becky, there's a lot of confusion because there are really, as I understand it, maybe two separate legislations, bills being proposed, right? And they kind of got conflated into one. And so I think a lot of vets are like, oh, I'm all against what's happening in Arkansas, but maybe you should be supportive of parts of it and not others. I mean, Becky, bring us up to speed a little bit in general terms, of course, with what's happening in Arkansas. Yeah, so Arkansas, things have been um, wild down there with two separate bills. And I think that's the important part is that because they happened back to back um, and they both moved very quickly, especially the first, I think it was sort of a lot of people have the misconception that it was one bill. And so the first bill, which actually did pass, is um, related to the utilization and the recognition of the VTS title and was supported by NAFTA. 
was um, well supported by a lot of folks and did pass. There's a separate bill, um, one that is, uh, let's see, this one is HB 1673. And um, the major you know, acronyms, NAFTA, AVMA, Arkansas VMA, all of those guys are opposed to this one. And this one is basically um, a bypass of AVMA accredited schooling or any kind of um, skill-based study within a clinic and saying any individual with an animal science degree would be eligible for the VTNE. Right, right. And and that's a huge change because, uh, again, you know, this was an alternative pathway, Becky, that would allow you to really not go to vet tech school, so to speak, and then sit for the VTNE. And again, they were basing this on need. They said, hey, we need techs and veterinary technicians in, in Arkansas. So this is a way to maybe get more support. I mean, Becky, I mean, I want to start with this one because this is the one that brought about a lot of contention and confusion. So talk to us about this alternate pathway being able to sit for the VTNE, you know, because I think that's where people, you know, again, got confused with the two bills because, again, as I was telling this one, he's like, oh, I'm against what's happening in Arkansas. And I was like, well, wait a second, which bill are you referring to, right? He wasn't aware there were two bills. Yeah. Well, in in that's correct. And so, so the AVMA was against both bills and was uh, came out clear as being against both bills. So it wasn't a situation where we haven't had recently uh, that, that I know of where NAFTA and AVMA were not aligned in their support within um the House of Delegates as these these things were being discussed and passed. And so I understand that a lot of folks that support the AVMA likely lean toward the side of non-support, just out of misunderstanding of what that bill was about. Because again, that bill had a lot more to do with the utilization of veterinary technician specialists. And, you know, there was some concern about, it, it always kind of comes down to large animal medicine, I think, is is what we tend to see is the prescription, the usage, the ease of getting veterinary care to a really underserved groups such as large animals. Right, so. Right. It it, it 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 can be quote unquote justified kind of thought about that. But the second bill, the HB1673, the bypass of the VT or the bypass of the schooling to get to the VTNE alternate route route. That one is tricky because a couple things. So this particular bill excludes any experience in veterinary medicine. I, I want to say, oof some of our top leaders in veterinary medicine right now, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of our our top leaders in veterinary technology, the folks that you guys are reading their textbooks, the folks that you're going and listening to their lectures in standing only rooms, a lot of them are alternate path veterinary technicians right, who did were... not go to AVMA accredited schools. I'm not, it's not my place right. to call any of them out, but lots of them have been guests on this show. Yeah. Some of them serve on the NAFTA board right now. In fact, it was brought to my attention that I think I'm one of the first um, technicians to have graduated from an AVMA accredited school in presidency. Um, I, I don't know exactly. I haven't done that research, but it, it's, it's been brought to my attention. So we have got a lot of folks in leadership that have taken alternate paths. So I'm not knocking that alternate path, but the way that this bill was set up was probably not 
the best for supporting the profession. Yeah, and I think part of the issue that I had with that secondary of saying, you know, if you had an animal science degree, you could sit for the VTNE was the fact that they did specifically exclude the requirements for like hands-on experience, job training, yeah. hands-on experience. Thank you. I'm not losing my losing my brain today. But you know, that part I was like, wait, oh well, this this is not, I think, serving the the best interests of the profession. You know, because I I like the fact, like you know, when people always ask me about alternative pathways for veterinarians, Becky, I'm I'm quick to say, hey, you know what? I think we can definitely reduce some of the pre-vet school requirements. And I've been a, a fan of that, you know, a two-year quick track, if you will, and other schools have, of course, adopted that over time. But getting back Down to- Down with organic chemistry. <laughs> yeah, well, and again, I, I, you know, that breaks my heart a little bit, but I, but I understand and I, and you know, look, different generations and so forth. So I'm, I'm in cost of, of inflation, blah, blah, blah. I've got that. But Becky, getting back to this issue of I think that the the real value of veterinary school and veterinary technician school in many instances is the fact that you do practice the skills that you need to implement and practice, right? And so I thought that was the weird part of that little bill for me. Okay, so full disclosure, there's a very nepotistic reason behind this bill is my understanding. I don't want to like slander and get sued. So um, I'm going to. Yeah, you can look just deeper. Yeah, if you guys want to Google that. Yeah. Poke around on this a little bit. But yeah. the people who are really supporting this bill have some nepotistic and personal motivations based on people in their lives who, who are looking toward veterinary roots in their lives, is my understanding. Like, again, I'm not trying to get myself in trouble here, but it, it is not a. It, my understanding, and again, I'm not in Arkansas, but um, Ashley Selkie, who formerly, so she's the immediate past president. She right. used to live in Arkansas. She has been very up and up on this. Um, you know, has made it pretty clear that the it, it doesn't feel like the motivation behind this alternate path legislation is about getting numbers in the state. It feels very specific to the needs of one individual. Now, I have to say, this opens up a bigger conversation. So when when this bill came in front of NAFTA and we had to make a decision whether we were going to support the alternate pathway or not support the alternate pathway, um, my ultimate means of making that decision was to be in support of what the Arkansas Veterinary Technician Association was in support of. Because I believe as... um, President-elect of NAFTA and NAFTA as an organization, our responsibility is to support the states to the to the best that we can. Sure. Um, and so I felt like I had mixed feelings about alternate pathway education and that I wanted to support the association who was ultimately against this. I am not saying Arkansas is against alternate pathways. I think like you mentioned, the idea of having an alternate pathway that excludes any kind of hands-on in-hospital experience, skill experience, apprenticeship is a big problem. Now, we all know Washington State recently passed a law that allows for an apprenticeship through one specific veterinary hospital. This hospital um, is where, like, through them, you can complete this apprenticeship program and then take your VT&E. That was passed in Washington State. It is not supported by NAFTA. Right. Um, it is, we are supporting fighting it. And again, not because of the alternate route pathway, but because we do see the potential for this type of um, mindset and type of pathway sort of spreading as opposed to making it m- more standardized to be a veterinary technician, making it easier and less skill and education backed 
could potentially spread in a way that we think could be detrimental to the profession. Yeah, and guys, if you want to go back and listen, we we had a fantastic, I think, podcast uh, around that topic last year. We had Ashley Byrne in there. Uh, uh, wait, was it Ashley that we had on there? Or yeah, we had. Um, I think we had Ashley on there. Um, and Ryan, um, who's the other person? Ryan Frazier, who uh, helped us ta- talk through that entire issue because there was a lot of nuance and specifics. And so back last November, if you want to learn more about this apprenticeship program in general, which was interesting because uh, Ashley, you know, Becky supported it, but she didn't support it in the way that it was being implemented in Washington. So again, check That's that out. Right. You know, check it out. Uh, that was a great, I, that was a really good episode. And Becky, that was one where you were traveling, right? Yes, I remember this podcast now. And so I had Ashley. And, I didn't and, get to be there. You're yeah, right. There yeah. was something happening in my life that I didn't get to be there. Now that you say it, because I'm like, I don't remember that podcast. But that's right. I wasn't there for that. But it was an important conversation to have. And I think to Ashley's point, to, to a lot of technicians' point, is we're not trying to say we don't. I, I don't think any of us would really stand hard and fast and say, you have to go to school to be a veterinary technician. You absolutely have to go to an AVMA accredited program. NAFTA supports anything that promotes going to an AVMA accredited program as your way of getting credentialed. Right. That is what we have to support because that is truly what we want to see long-term. However, we cannot not acknowledge the folks that are incredible leaders in our, in our industry and people who are very, very smart and people who have been in the industry for a very long time who could potentially be licensed here in North Carolina. We have, um, a, a, a great contributor. I don't know that I necessarily want to call him out, but you guys know him from other podcasts who is an animal science major. He is licensed in another state, but cannot get licensed in North Carolina for that very reason, because he did not graduate from an AVMA accredited program. Brilliant individual, amazing contributor to the profession. So it is a little frustrating to sit here as a North Carolina technician and think that this individual can't be licensed in our state when I know he's perfectly capable but then again, it's sort of like we have to pick a side or a line right. and it, it it can't be by individual. I know this person is brilliant and deserves to have his license in North Carolina, but would that apply to everyone? But the flip side of that coin is not everybody who finishes an AVMA accredited school and passes their VTNE has any business being a technician <laughs> either. So it is really difficult to, to call. Okay, so Becky, there's a lot of things happening, you know, with this particular issue on this alternate pathway, but I want to get to the other stuff that's impacting potentially other states' actions. And that was the other bill that did pass, but it was really widely opposed, loudly opposed by the AVMA. Explain what that did as far as expanding the scope of of work, if you will, for VTSs in Arkansas. So there were two bills in Arkansas. The first one that came out, which is, I think, what we were kind of referring to when folks were saying, I'm not, a, I, I'm opposed to this, and the AVMA was opposed to this. That did pass. It was um, Arkansas HB 1182. It is now Act 161. This one, I will, I will direct you to Stephen Sital's articles <laughs> um, because he breaks down the AVMA's opposition as to what the bill was it intended and sort of sort of his disagreement because he I think he really articulates it better than I ever could and pulls apart everything that the AVMA is opposed to in this bill and sort of tries to clarify the meaning behind it. But basically what this does is it gives additional and more clear rights to VTSs in Arkansas. So here's the here's the caveat first and foremost. Number one, there are like three 
VTSs in Arkansas. And I might be overestimating. (laughs) There are not a lot. Now, there's been a huge push for a million technicians who want to know how to fast track their way to VTS in Arkansas because they want to have added privileges and added utilization. So it will likely increase people seeking to become VTSs in Arkansas. But right now, there are very, very few. The other thing that was a major issue with this was a prescriptive portion of this law, right. right? So it was allowing some room for prescriptive action of VTSs. However, that is a trigger law. So it is not legal uh, anyway. But what this law would do would be to set it up where if there was a law that got passed that these individuals could be prescriptive, they're sitting on go for that, okay? Right, right. So it doesn't actually allow VTSs to start giving out prescriptions. It's it's not a thing. Um, But it it is what we call a trigger law. And so they would have um, prescriptive authority. And again, I think this is where things kind of got... um, (laughs) Kind of got... Towards the large animal medicine, right? Like, yeah, because people are saying like there are, you know, cattle and horses and things like, can we get vet tech? Like, so I kind of get it. Um, so it was, it was not, um, so that technicians are out there diagnosing and prescribing and doing surgery. It's VTS is being able to have some prescriptive authority. Again, that's in conflict with the federal law, but it is a trigger law. So it, if we had the ability to change, it would be on go. So anyway, it, it, it's just a point of it was passed, but it is obsolete here nor there in terms of that side of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, There was a little bit of talk about increased um, ability. So we talk about dentistry. You brought right. that up a little bit, true? And um, this is basically authorization for certified individuals to do extractions in some forms of oral surgery. Okay. This is a tricky one because in some states, this is already considered legal. Uh, Virginia, for example, single-rooted teeth are legal for uh, veterinary technicians to pull. However, um, VTS in dentistry, the the VTS itself does not allow oral surgery or um, extractions. And so any individual even in a, that has a VTS in dentistry even if they're in a state that allows those those procedures, they cannot perform them under their VTS and can lose their VTS because of it. So some of this that seems all very shocking and terrible and oh my gosh, <laughs> it's kind of a little bit like, whoa, okay? Which is again, why I kind of push you to Stephen's article and, and um, you know, it's not to, to shirk the responsibility of explaining it all, but he really breaks down the opposition of the AVMA um, I will say he does title it AVMA's Two Faces. Um, <laughs> so he does he does break down their opposition and sort of breaks down the bill. And I appreciate that because bills are hard to read. Yeah. We don't always have time and we don't always understand. The initial bill was written really in a way that was very difficult to consume. And so understanding what all these pieces parts were made of is my recommendation for anybody who's in the fields or a little unsure about this, especially because it is one of the few times we've had NAFTA on one side and AVMA on the other where we generally align. Yeah. And NAFTA won this one, if you want to look at it that way, but that's not the only state. There's been a big, big movement in California recently that actually has direct implications and connections with what was kind of happening in Arkansas. Explain what just happened in California with the roles of veterinary technicians, licensed, credentialed veterinary technicians. 
Right. So, so, so like I said at the top, they are basically approving the movement or the for veterinary technicians to, and it seems like a no-brainer, right? Establish a VCPR for vaccines and parasiticides, um, parasite control. This is, to me, a road to compliance, a road to utilization, a road, you know, we keep talking about the veterinary shortage, and to be sure there are, but with increased utilization of technicians, we've said this over and over again, we'll see decreased need for so much demand of veterinarians. There have been countless instances, I have a friend, um, specifically Maureen Susie, actually, she's the current president of the North Carolina Association of Vet Techs, who, while we can't establish VCPR, did within her clinic get them to start utilizing technicians for tech visits more frequently, especially for things like vaccines. And um, her veterinarians work on productivity. They were really concerned about their productivity going down with veterinary technicians doing things like bordetellas. And ultimately, as you and I both know, right, their productivity right. actually went through went the up. roof because yeah. they were able to do much more important visits, spend less time on things like bordetellas, increase job satisfaction among the technicians who felt like they were being empowered and having some autonomy, yada, yada. So we know that positive things actually come from that. So out in California, they are actually creating more opportunity legally for veterinary technicians to establish this VCPR, which to me is a no-brainer. It is a proper utilization of technicians in a in the space of healthy pets trying to get preventatives. Okay, so Becky, that's those are a couple of the big things that are happening, but also we're seeing some positive movements, in my opinion, happening around the country. Explain to us what actually went into effect in January in Colorado. This is, I know, some some old news that we covered back when it happened last year, but it actually became law in January. Explain that. So, you know, the Colorado Association of Veterinary Technicians, well, certified veterinary technicians, I should say, has always been kind of an enigma to me because they are one of the most organized um, tech associations with an executive director. They're always out there doing so much. And prior to this, veterinary technicians uh, were not regulated in Colorado. As of January, their title is now protected, and that is a huge deal. Uh, As we know, there are very few states left. Um, I know uh, Connecticut, I think, is is making a movement now to have their title protected. They're one of the last out there. Um, But Colorado now protects the title of veterinary technician, which... It sounds like such a little thing, but it is actually a huge thing. Yeah, it really is. And also at the same time, uh, there's something called the Vet Care Coalition. They did a survey out in Colorado asking pet owners if they would uh, like to have a mid-level veterinary technician practitioner role, right? And they were talking about how they've been affected by the workforce shortage of veterinarians. Any Any updates on that? So we talked, we talked about that. The mid-level practitioner, it showed up as like number eight as a concern for veterinary technicians in the NAFTA survey. Uh, veterinary technicians are interested in this, right? We we are, but there's a concern in terms of what comes in between, right? Like, like right. we are not pro- appropriately utilized at this point in time. Um, the title protection is all screwed up. And so the idea of a mid-level practitioner position and all of the practice acts needing to open up to recognize it is a lot and it's it's got a lot to unpack. Now Colorado specifically has um is looking at this program at Colorado State University and like it's going to happen. They're going to create this position. It is going to be a master's degree. LMU already has it. It's right. a master's degree in um veterinary technology and 
the, the idea, and, and there's a lot of conversations going on around how to make this acceptable into the veterinary space, um, but also to address the need. So Colorado, um, they did, they are pushing this as a um, public driven movement and, right, and right. a public demand because I don't think they've got the support that they really need from the veterinary industry. And again, it's a tough one. Now, I think there is some movement, some thought behind um, making this more of a VTS driven degree, which I think might be a little bit more palatable, but it, 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 it is a weird space right now. I think our VTSs are saying, hey, we kind of are that mid-level practitioner, especially if we're utilized the way that we should be. And creating a whole nother layer creates a layer of confusion. Um, but uh, higher education is incredibly important. And we do continue to model human medicine in which there are mid-level practitioners. And so Colorado is kind of leading this. We're keeping our eyes really close on it and seeing kind of what Good and bad, because we know that both are present, and and there is a lot of good to come from this. It's just sort of how and when and what. Yeah, and I think that's the important part, the how, when, and what. <laughs> because, you know, if you look at the human medical field, Becky, I mean, they didn't start with, you know— um, physician's assistants and and all those types of practitioners until well into the establishment of RNs and so forth. So, I mean, that you know, again, are we putting the cart before the horse or the title before the legal responsibilities are there? I, you know, that's what it seems like, but uh, I'm, I'm supportive of it. Like you, Becky, it's just right. It's like how, when, and what that's really important. Anything else that's happening? I mean, I know there's so much, and, and again, viewfinders, what we're, the reason I like to have these conversations with you guys from time to time is because we want you to be aware and present, right? Because there's so much happening. And I think too often we kind of just look up, you know, we pull our heads out of the sand, so to speak, and we go, Hey, wait, what, how did that happen? When, you know, and I want you to guys to be, wait, Becky, what do you always say? Get in front of things. Of <laughs> Anything else that's on your mind before? Before we let the viewfinders go for the day. Well, I think you're exactly right. Keeping your eyes open as to what's going on, being involved in your state associations as well as the national association is probably the best way to stay on top of this. I like that we have these conversations just so partially. I feel like people know what NAFTA, what AVMA, what your organizations are doing for you because we really are working really hard to stay on top of this legislation. Some of it happens really quickly um, and is hard to pull together to respond appropriately. And and NAFTA and AVMA actually really do an amazing job of of trying to stay on top of that. Um, We've got some new legislation going on in Pennsylvania that's working to protect titles, so keep your eye on them. And in general, just try to keep your finger on the pulse. Like I understand in this day and age, politics and news and some of this can be all really exhausting, but it does affect our profession. And especially as veterinary technicians, if we're not standing up advocating and talking for ourselves, supporting each other across states, you know, the strength really is in numbers. And so even if it doesn't feel like it affects you, understand that a lot of these laws, a lot of these regulations um, can ultimately have a, a spiral effect to where other states can be affected. So I think this is a really important time for veterinary technicians, especially it's becoming more and more important. And I don't, I don't want to be a, like a jerk here, but like if you're a veterinarian out there with an opinion on this, ask a technician um, <laughs> right. what your opinion Good. should be. Because like, I, I don't want to say you can't have your 
own, but also to some extent, like stay in your lane and make sure you really understand what these are about and how they will affect technicians. Because again, we are a profession, not a position. Oh boy. I love that and couldn't support it more. Viewfinders, what are some of the topics that you're hearing about in your state or community? We'd really like to hear them. Maybe we can have you on, highlight them, whatever, because we want to get in front of these issues as much as possible. Again, we love the opportunity to talk to you every week about the tough topics. And again, many times, as Becky said, some of these decisions are being made and they have nothing to do with veterinarians or even veterinary technicians, but these are business interests that are starting to influence laws. So how can they tell us what they're hearing about, Becky? You guys can head over to veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com to send us a note. You can also hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at veterinaryviewfinder. That's right, guys. Stay attentive because change is happening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's